politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready, not to talk, but to act and fight and implement and achieve on the issues that matter to our lives. If that is your goal, well, this is probably your only place to go. See our podcast, Blaze Media, here on Friday, June 23rd. And it's truly hard to move beyond this observation that we've never faced as many threats to our lives as we face today, internally, politically, from our own government, culture, system, law, politics. We've never red-pilled our own people in a broad, generalized way that they agree with us, and on most issues, even the great middle, independents, and a certain portion of Democrats. So the opportunity to achieve is there, but never before has there been such a dichotomy, such a gulf between that achievement and the talk. And that is all being harnessed by my colleagues in conservative media. That they're righteous, ideally, generally, abstractly, but not when it actually matters. That's why I keep saying the issues that matter in the way they matter at the time they matter. All three factors rarely converge together to achieve victory because we have a very, very much a controlled opposition, but also a selfish leadership on the right in in conservative media. And I'm going to continue calling it out, even though it's pretty unpopular. And there are no sacred cows here. And no one is asking the question, what is our outcome? What is our end game? What do we want to achieve on any major issue? Vote for Mr. Trump. Okay, well, first of all, how does he even win with the numbers he has among independents? Have you listened to him talk? Sounds like John Fetterman. And again, even if he didn't, it's not like the solution is exclusively to vote for DeSantis. That's maybe one small piece of the pie. But what are you doing to wield your influence on House Republicans in the budget, on the state legislatures, on the governors, on the primaries? The local politics where we can change things at a local level. As I said ad nauseum, I am more a fan of conservative media, if they don't want to endorse DeSantis for president, to at least promote what he's doing. He did two big things yesterday and why every red state should look like that. And then it would make the presidential election kind of mood anyway. But instead, we have, this, we have this gulf, and it's just so bizarre. So very appropriately for today, you know, we complain that we don't like supporting woke companies. They're killing us. They have monopolies. They have too much power. But then when we have the opportunity to specifically, in a particularized way, change that, do we take up the calling? Patriot Mobile, it's America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, really America's only American wireless provider. And that is pretty much a need that we all have, wireless service for better or for worse. Well, you don't have to use T-Mobile, AT&T, and Verizon. You can get the same de- dependable nationwide coverage of all three na- networks on their networks, by the way, without funding them. And Patriot Mobile actually funds causes dedicated to the sanctity of life, religious freedom, Second Amendment, So make that switch today. Don't be a theoretical conservative. Be a practical one. Go to patriotmobile.com slash CR 
or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service. That's what I always hated dealing with Verizon. You can never understand them over the phone. Um, 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with offer code CR. Again, that's patriotmobile.com slash CR, 878-PATRIOT, offer code CR, and ask them about their coverage guarantee while you're there. So again, this is how we have a situation where on paper, we've won on the vaccines. Broadly, the base is there, even the general public, there's something up, but we don't really direct it anywhere. We have, broadly, everyone's like, yeah, we need to drill more, the energy is a problem, but Republicans are still promoting green energy where it matters. Republicans will easily take pot shots against Democrats on crime, but most of them are still working with the Koch-funded criminal justice reform groups. And not a single state really has pushed tightening weak sentencing on violent criminals. They claim to be concerned about the weaponization of DOJ. But we put out a six-point plan that you could do at a federal and state level. We're not seeing that. Almost that all Republicans claim to support meritocracy and oppose affirmative action. But you see they refuse to root out these Oh, minority-owned business subsidies, this, that, promoting everything for racial minorities. Every Republican says there's too much debt, but of course they vote to increase it. And on Ukraine, no matter what comes out, we can't change them, even on gender ideology, in which the public is decisively siding with us. Most Republicans won't move beyond the talking point about saving female sports. And most red states, they're failing to completely fight the premise of, of, of trainism. So let's start off with the vaccine and Tucker Carlson. Now, I know this is stupid of me to say. I know Tucker is like gold, like God among <clears throat> conservatives. <clears throat> and for good reason. He articulates the position, I think, better than anyone else. He, he articulates kind of the broad sentiment that so many of us feel about what has happened to our culture, our government, and, and does a better job than anyone. And, you know, he gets millions of viewers, and, and that's great. But even Tucker always stops short of directing it, the fire to where it needs to go at the time it needs to go there. So again, we're kind of like a bunch of Keystone cop firefighters dancing around with hoses you know, splashing it at each other up in the air. And, there, and and there's a fire right now. So we theoretically talk about a generalized problem. There's a generalized, you know, pharma is a big problem. Pharma, they're, they're lying, they're censoring these problems with vaccines. But then when you have the specific battles going on in all the state legislatures, I had no help. Do you know to this day, the Alabama Department of Health just put out that COVID vaccines are the best way to prevent serious illness. They're still putting it out. Almost every red state Department of Health. Because nobody is training their fire on them. Again, you don't even have to go through the Democrats, but the Democrats, but the media. Change it. Influence within your own sphere. Obviously, ASIP and Verbeck, they are proving they have the 3D meeting this week. All sorts of shots, including the RSV shots. Well, like, we're not going to let them do this. This is crazy. Vaccines are a problem. We need to start looking at, you know, the previous vaccines. I'm like, I don't know. I, I agree with you. But actually, they're approving new ones 
that are the worst ever, RSV, and nothing. And then, of course, there's the 800-pound gorilla in the room, and that's Mitt the Trump. This is not me. This is them. Everything is Trump. Okay, everything is Trump. So that means by your own admission, he reflects you, represents you. He owns your image. So that means what he says on a policy issue, particularly the most important ones of our time, should really pike our interest. And that means when he goes decisively on the other side on a top three issue, that's a 10 alarm fire. Right there, fire. Direct your hose there. And this is going to be a subtle point, and some of you might not like it. And I say this, I like Tucker. But this was episode number six of his Twitter thing. Let's play a minute here. I'm going to play the first minute of his show. The first minute of his show promoting RFK and complaining about the media attacks on him and how it's like Trump, but maybe even worse. Take a listen here. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. There's never been a candidate for president the media hated more than Robert F. Kennedy Jr. You thought that title belonged to Donald Trump. Of course it must, but go check the coverage. Trump got a gentle scalp massage by comparison when he announced. When Trump rolled out his presidential campaign in 2015, the New York Times waited until the 17th paragraph of the story to attack him. But as well known as he is, the paper said at the time, Trump is also widely disliked. And then they cited a poll to back it up. That was the attack on Trump. Eight years later, the Times attacked Bobby Kennedy in the very first sentence of the story. Quote, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the paper declared, announced a presidential campaign on Wednesday built on relitigating COVID-19 shutdowns and shaking Americans' faith in science. Shaking Americans' faith in science. Okay, folks, so a lot to unpack there in, in just one minute. RFK is the most hated guy around, maybe even worse than Trump. So notice how strategically make sure to put in a plug and a promotion of Trump. And then mainly a show is about, you know, Peter Holtz versus RFK and the media scared of him and all the things he's saying on vaccines. Folks, I have noticed something. I don't know if you have, but RFK has become the comedic relief of conservative media to avoid the 800-pound gorilla in the room. They want to talk about the Democrat primary because that's the safe thing. See, here's the problem they have. They can't criticize Trump on the issue of our time. They can't praise DeSantis. They can't praise DeSantis on anything. They don't want to talk about that because they don't want to, they're too scared. They don't want to look like they're, they're doing that. <clears throat> and by the way, even before Trump, they were like this. They would never attack Republicans who they could influence more. They would only focus on Dems. So RFK is a great thing because the base is becoming more based on vaccines. So they have to kind of cover that and show that they support it. But they have a problem because the biggest unavoidable man is decisively on the other side. So what do they do? They hang their hat on RFK. Oh, RFK, RFK. Because he's fighting Biden and the media is mean to RFK. And RFK has a lot of valid points. Well, wait a minute. If RFK has valid points in a Democrat primary, well, what about in your own primary? It's not like... 
I, I doubt Tucker and any of these guys are voting in the Democrat primary. So don't we have the problem in our own primary? Is it not newsworthy, Tucker, to just do a little rebuke on the insanity of what Trump said on vaccines? There's one thing you don't want to cover it, but you are covering it. You're saying RFK is important. It, what he's saying is so vital. That's why the media has to destroy him. Okay, but what about Trump? And again, that's more relevant. RFK is not winning a Democrat primary. I appreciate his work on Children's Health Defense Fund. The, the, the reality is he, he, he will get between 10 and 20% depending on the state. You poll Democrat voters, they're not there. They successfully brainwashed them. It's not the 1950s or even 1990s or even early 2000s. So if you care about this issue, Tucker, it's Biden, it's DeSantis, or it's Trump. But it's not even about DeSantis versus Trump. I don't even, you don't need to endorse DeSantis or even mention him. But if you do want to achieve success on this issue, you got to direct the fire to where it's influenced. And that means the states, the legislatures, you need to say every state needs to be doing like DeSantis and even more. Go after the Departments of Health. Call out Alabama. The problem is, in order to do that within the Republican Party, how are you able to make the Republican Party righteous on vaccines if by far the 800-pound gorilla in Republican politics is decisively on the other side? This is what is so dishonest. RFK has become this comedic relief for conservative media to avoid Trump and allows them to tap into the angst of the base voters on Big Pharma and vaccines, but not actually fight the issue in the way it will matter at that moment. You know, I, I don't need him to bash Trump every episode, but it's like, you know, again, it's real nice, Tucker, but what, what are we going to do? Where are the action items? Where's the end game? You can't keep like tacitly kind of promoting Trump in the background and then avoiding everything else and then just doing a beautiful monologue. Yeah, the elites are destroying our art. Are they? I, we agree. There's room for it. Your monologues are great. But if you're our best voice, which he is, grading on a curve, where does that leave us? We need people focused on where you can influence. It doesn't have to be your whole show, but you got you got to you got to broach this. It, it 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 this omission on Trump. This is one thing if it was in the past, but Trump saying this now is a big problem. So before we uh, elaborate on this, Folks, speaking of censorship, did you notice that big tech companies today are masquerading as private companies? Although it's private, they're they're private and they're privacy companies. They're private, even though they're really working for government, and they're for your privacy. They're actually trying to put that out. Just fix your privacy settings, turn off app tracking, and you're all good. Right. Are we supposed to believe that big tech's wolf in the hen house is going to be turned into your sweet grandma. Big tech literally feeds on your information. Yeah, maybe they'll release a feature now and then that that claims to do some good, but collecting and selling your data is their nature and they're not going to get off of it. They can't stop themselves. The better to see you with my dear. That's that's their their motto. To protect myself against big tech's prying eyes, I don't trust their features. I use ExpressVPN. When you use ExpressVPN app on your computer or your phone, you are hiding your IP address. Think, think of it as a mask, 
but one that actually works. And websites cannot track you. ExpressVPN encrypts and reroutes 100% of your online activity. So it not only protects you from the snooping, but also the hackers. Um, the best part is how easy it is. Even for people that are technologically illiterate like myself, I could use it easily. One ExpressVPN subscription covers an entire family. So today is the day to finally stop being a theoretical, oh, I'm opposed to this, but I'm going to allow them to actually track me. Get the VPN that I trust to protect my online privacy when big bad tech is at the door. Don't let them knock. Certainly don't let them come in. Visit expressvpn.com slash conservative to get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash conservative, expressvpn.com slash conservative. So, folks, this is my point. Look, I understand that not everyone's shtick is going to be my shtick. But the difference between my focus is there's an element of it that you can't avoid. Ultimately, what is it we want to accomplish? And that's going to boil down to governors, state legislatures, local governments, the right issues, the right leverage points, obviously primary elections. I want to talk about reforming them. I have put out detailed plans. DeSantis could go into the sunset tomorrow. And it won't change anything I put out because it's only a couple months that he's been, you know, thought to be running for president. He's only been officially running for a month. It's not about that, like, oh, I'm going to do the same thing they're doing, but just DeSantis. No, what, are, what is our end game? And all these guys, including Tucker, just talking around it, they're tacitly defend, you know, promoting Trump, not just defending, but promoting him. Nothing DeSantis does is is newsworthy. Um, then they claim to hate the vaccine regime, but then they ignore his comments on the very day they're talking about it. And, oh, RFK, RFK. I mean, this is what it is. It, it reminds me of Christy Nome is the same thing. You know, she recently testified before the House Natural Resources Committee. She's like, we don't sell land because God's not making more land. Working the land wasn't just a career, it was a way of life for our family. And, you know, she's defending land rights against this BLM, um, Bureau of Land Management Regulation. And she's literally doing it as her donors, former staff, and all of the Republican Party of South Dakota is in with this Summit Carbon Solutions. They, they were literally, they are literally on people's property surveying it without their permission and they are now coming down with South Dakota cops to protect them against these so-called violent landowners. This is Orwellian. This whole back-the-blue business. This is happening in our own areas. Again, you could end this land grab tomorrow. If tu- Can you imagine if Tucker did a monologue on Christy Nome running on land rights, and then what she told Jared Bosley... Am I here to fight all your battles, even though the bill was right on the House floor and she declined to support it? To end this private private use eminent domain? No, really, I'm just sick of this. And and again, like, remember Tucker with the speaker's fight. He wasn't on the wrong side of it, like like all the rest of conservative media. But it was like he wouldn't touch Trump, as Trump was literally weighing the scale down in favor of McCarthy. 
In the past, he savaged McCarthy. He called him Frank Luntz's roommate, insinuating some things there, right? For years, I mean, he took him on. But when it mattered the most during the speaker's fight, uh, Trump, 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 I, I, I need to back away. Am I wrong? Am I being too harsh? How do you obsess about vaccines in RFK in the Democrat primary on the same week? I mean, this is your weekly episode of the week where Trump made huge headlines in what he said about the vaccine. Even three years later, I, I, I don't get it. That's a big problem. Now, to be fair, some of it is fear of Trump. But some of it is pre-existing. I don't know if you guys remember the shows I did in 2020 when so, – so Republicans didn't have a presidential primary because Trump was running for re-election as an incumbent. But, you know, there were a lot of important uh, gubernatorial, senatorial primaries, and we needed them to get involved in them. And instead, it was nonstop the conservative media was refereeing the Democrat presidential primary. I almost thought they would file a lawsuit on behalf of Bernie Sanders against the DNC. They were like, oh, and they're screwing over Bernie. Like, who cares? Focus on your own backyard. Focus on the fire right in front of you that you actually have the ability to put out. I'm sick of all but the Democrats, the media, the censorship. They're not censoring you. You're self-censoring. I mean, they're uh, they're censoring when they can, but I'm saying... You are self-censoring yourself. I won't self-censor. I like Tucker. There's a, so much potential good he can do. And once in a while he does it, and it shows a lot of results, but he rarely, really, you know, with the First Step Act, he opposed it really early when it was Grassley's thing, after it was implemented, but in those few months that Trump was teetering and we needed it, Trump supported it, mm, he was quiet. I had to fight the battle alone. Now you might say, well, that was because he was at Fox, well, I mean, I hope things change here, but I'm just, you know, so far, if you look at his first six shows, there's not a single word you and I would disagree with. It's all nice. But what, what's the punchline? What are the action items? And increasingly, Trump is paralyzing our ability to move beyond that. What's the exit strategy? I want to play two more clips of Trump. This is Trump on Seb Gorka's show. About a minute here. Gorka's asking him, what's your plan for ballot harvesting? Take a listen. So are you satisfied on that point, Mr. President, that the GOP, the RNC, Rona Romney, McDaniel, the various state legislatures are doing enough to secure the election and to ballot harvest where possible? Yeah. I can tell you they're working very hard, but it's not just ballot harvesting because, you know, they say, oh, well, we'll get as many votes as them and all that. They create their own ballots. They put in ballots. You had Detroit and different places where they had more ballots than they had voters. So they cheat. So, you know, I, I say to people, they cheat. Sir, we would never do that. We're Republicans. We're Americans. You know? But the fact is, they, these people are horrible, disgusting cheaters. They don't want voter ID. How can you not want voter ID? Who doesn't? You, you give, have to give an ID card no matter what you do. If you're driving a car, if you're buying groceries, no matter what you do, they have an ID. Except if you vote. They don't want you to have. The only reason they don't want that is because they cheat. So I can tell you, they're all working very hard. I even tell people. 
You don't have to help me at all. I have all the votes we need. We have so many votes. We, we have a landslide. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. He has no intention of doing ballot harvesting. He's like, they cheat anyway. It's much worse than that. Okay. So then are you saying, like, it's over? There's nothing we can do? No, then he goes to the other end of the spectrum. Don't worry. We have enough votes. You don't, you don't need to do anything. Everyone knows that's not true. Okay, everyone knows that's not true. Again, I'm not the one doing the mirror image of them with DeSantis. Oh, that's everything. Just vote DeSantis. We'll be all good. Every day I talk about the issues that matter, the leverage points, how to message them, how to fight them, where we could fight them, action items, action items. You know, it's just that DeSantis will be more of a tailwind for those efforts and a voice for them rather than being a headwind. But what? But if your whole thing is, no, just, just, just all that matters is Trump and I'll, it matters so much that I will even avoid supporting the right people in down-ballot primaries. I'll even avoid supporting the right speakers fight and legislative battles and fight on the vaccine because of Trump because it's so important we just unite and get him as president. But then what is your strategy of getting him to be president? Which leads me to the, to the final clip here. This is a Trump just solo video. He puts out a video every once in a while. This is usually where he'll like announce like a policy idea. Like serious, he's dressed in a suit, the American flag behind him. And he starts talking about Asa Hutchinson. Just, just take a listen here. Many say don't punch down when talking about people like Chris Sununu or Sloppy Chris Christie or Ada Hutchinson, I call him Ada, not Asa, because of certain reasons, or others. But sometimes it's necessary to talk badly about those that, for no reason other than politics, speak badly about you. Otherwise, the people that love you don't know whether or not they're for real. Are they saying the truth? They're not. So sometimes you have to punch down and you have to say what's happening. Otherwise, they won't understand. It's not fair to them. You have to put them in proper perspective, these bad people. You have to put them in their place. People like this are very destructive. And you have to tell the voters what it's all about. Otherwise, why should they be able to understand it? Thank you very much. Folks, do, do you understand what that means? He literally sounds like Fetterman. Like, really, we don't freaking have time for this. You know, you know, there's a certain amount we were willing to tolerate. We didn't have any other choice or, you know, he was already president and we certainly we didn't want the Democrats. OK, so, you know, you have this childish stuff, but this this is psychotic. We've become so acculturated to it that we've dumbed ourselves down and we defend it so much. That it's like, since when was this OK? Obviously, we all hate Asa Hutchinson, Chris Christie. I, I agree, but it's just I don't even know what he's saying. It's so weird. We don't have time for this. It's like you're trying to evacuate a burning building and then you have this big fat, you know, dump dump dumpster truck just pull up that stinks and it's farting and it just like slowly backing up and it's a stop, stop. Okay, we got the the garbage truck has to sit and maneuver here and we'll sit and get burnt alive here while we're waiting in the parking lot to get the stuff out. I don't have time for this bullcrap. Enough already. Enough. And and these guys know it. 
I mean, Tucker, we have audio, multiple things. We, he, he, he definitely knows it. He definitely agrees with every word I'm saying. But if everyone's like, I want to wait until DeSantis is ahead in the polls to say anything, well, then what's the freaking point? And again, my point is, you don't need to drive against Trump on, for, on his psychotic behavior and the you know, vaccine stuff and the trannyism in the context of a monologue endorsing DeSantis. You need to do it in the context of here's what we need to do to fight those issues, and this is not helpful, Mr. President. That's all I ask. But nothing. That is the cowardice. That is the perfidy of conservative media, the conservative movement. And again, it's not it's not new with Trump. Trump just has an even stronger stranglehold than previous incumbent establishment Republicans. But it's the same modus operandi since the Bush era. We refuse to deal with the problems because Mr. Bush. We all have to rally around Bush. It was the same thing. It's always but the Democrats. Meanwhile, could you imagine if every state health department would be like Florida? Could you imagine that? Pushing back against the vaccine? Can you imagine what a different country we would have? The, the momentum it would put behind, you know, um, Pfizer did this and this, so how are we going to approve Pfizer's RSV shot? But no. No, we don't have anything. It's, it's just, and, and then like, for example, you have Brian Kemp out there in Georgia saying he wants to make Georgia the EV capital getting a, of the country, getting hundreds of millions of dollars of the Green New Deal funding from the Department of Transportation to pimp electric vehicle stuff. Again, Republicans are not only not fighting the fire, they're taking a blowtorch, they're pouring, pouring lighter fluid on it where it matters. So conservative media, if they only focused on the areas where their own influence could drive an outcome where the Democrats and the media don't have enough power to counter us, we would have a different country. Just yesterday, DeSantis announced a coalition of 90 sheriffs to try to work together on immigration enforcement. He announced a lawsuit that he's trying to break the, uh, uh, the college accreditation cartel. Very important issue because that's why the colleges are dumps. Because you, can, you have to get accreditation. In order to do that, you have to promote certain t- garbage. He wants to clean it up, but in, before you clean it up, you have to get rid of the accreditation cartel. Why is he the only one looking at the power structure of the left and seeing, how do I destroy it? But nobody will promote what he did yesterday. You don't even have to support him for president. But the point is, why every day is he doing something as governor and we're not like, we need more governors. And it's not like, okay, these are the old antiquated Republicans, but all the new ones are good. No, they all suck. We are not winning primaries. We have not improved one iota in getting better people into elected office. Oh, the GOP is, you know, the, the voters are red-pilled. They are, but the elected officials are the same people. And some of it is, it ranges from Trump being a distraction to him downright being on the other side, depending on the race and the issue. It's got to go. I can't avoid this. I could easily say everything I'm saying, all these guys, right on, Daniel, without mentioning the Trump part. And that will gain me more people. 
But how do you avoid the 800-pound gorilla in the room? It's all or nothing. Once he's there, he defines everything. I don't think he should, but they define everything by him. So once that's a fact, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy, and now I got to deal with that. He's in our way. Unreal. But here's the thing. I want to get to, just for the end of the show, I want to get to Dr. Jessica Rose. Just want to talk a little bit about the RSV shots. Because this is the thing. It's not like, okay, it's over with. They want to create that every person who goes into a pharmacy gets seasonal endemic flu, RSV, and COVID shots. So when you're praising warp speed and now they warp speeded RSV, we are never going to have a movement to fight it as long as he is the leader. So I want to do a little bit of an update on this. So folks, I meant to have Dr. Rose on, but unfortunately she's based in another country and technology sucks. You know, for all that, you can't even rely on it. So I couldn't get her up. We'll have her back another time. Make sure to follow her Substack. It's very important, Unconditional Jessica. And I want to draw attention to this RSV shot because, again, we're saying, oh, we're never going to let this happen again. And everyone's kind of like, yeah, the vaccines suck. Pharma, pharma, RFK is right. And then they're literally taking the worst vaccine of all time, turbocharging it pursuant to Trump's warp speed that he still says saved millions of people. And they're going to engage in another genocide. So she she noticed this, and, and I just want to just set the table because it gets very confusing here. Okay, so we have the Moderna mRNA RSV shot, which hasn't been approved yet, but it will maybe in the summer. That has like straight up like 200 AEs per life, not life saved, no lives are saved, but per case prevented. It doesn't prevent any cases, but that's their data straight up. You have, then you have Pfizer and GSK, okay, like this. So there's four permutations. There's Pfizer and GSK, and then each one has a shot for pregnant women to convey to children. And then each one has a shot for seniors, which they'll keep lowering the age. They approved both Pfizer's, because Pfizer's king, of course, both pregnant and senior. And they approved GSK for seniors, but the pregnancy shot, and we said this, a woman died in her 30s of something that they believe was from the vaccine, and they pulled it from consideration. Now, we raise the obvious question. All four formulations, so Pfizer's pregnancy shot, is likely going to be awfully similar, and indeed it is. And for that matter, both of their senior shots are similar. So whatever problems you find in one, you're going to find another. Now, you already have GSK. You have with the Guillain-Barre signal. They all agree to this stuff. There is no doubt about it. Nobody denies it. But they're approving three out of the four. So this is a, this is a big problem. And that's where we're at so far. And yesterday... ASIP, the CDC committee, agreed to lower GSK and Pfizer's down to 60 years old, from 65 to 60. Okay. 
So Jessica Rose has a piece out, and I, I like. I can't believe this. It, it embodies what we're talking about. We're not talking about that you have to find some sort of right-wing blog to discover certain information. We're talking about right in front of your eyes, they could punch you in the face with, oh yeah, this killed people, this is a big problem, but we're going to do it anyway. Oh, this has negative efficacy, we're going to do it anyway. And the reason they could do it is, like I said, because we have a movement of Keystone cop firefighters running around in circles with a hose and spraying it everywhere but where the fire is. They know that they'll never face consequences. They'll never face a backlash with a policy focus. So anyway, Jessica's piece here, she talks about it's GSK's label. They literally have an FDA label. After 18 months, the whole process, warp speed, Orexiavev, however you pronounce it, they have these retarded names for their vaccines. And she points out, Google, GSK, A-R-E-X-V-Y, vaccine for RSV. And you'll look at the label, and it's numbered like 1.11, so 8.4. At 8.4 of the label. And to make sure you have the right document as you're doing this along with me, it's a 14-page document from the FDA. So, evidence from an animal model strongly suggests that Erexiv would be unsafe in individuals younger than two years of age because of an increased risk of enhanced respiratory disease. Like, I don't understand how earth-shattering that is. They are putting on the label that it's unsafe Animal model strongly suggests it's unsafe to use for under two because it creates enhanced respiratory disease. Remember, this is not out of left field. This is the central reason why we never had an RSV shot and why they pulled it in the 1960s years ago. Because really all, we're learning all respiratory viral vaccines, but particularly RSV is prone to antibody-dependent disease enhancement, where the antibodies that it gives you becomes not neutralizing, but a Trojan horse to lead the virus throughout the body and give you enhanced disease. Again, just like COVID, but you have all these respiratory viral vaccines they now want to give to people in unison to create so much inflammation, but also so much antibody misfiring that will create even more respiratory viruses that will create a self-fulfilling prophecy of epidemics that, guess what, we need more vaccines for. This is on the freaking label. Now, any thinking person, just like I said, this notion like, oh, we tried it in this cohort and it tends to do this. And it, you could theoretically have things and you do. That's why you need approval for different age groups that could do something in one, but not in the other. But when you see such basic pathophysiology playing out in one age group, you know, you see Guillain Barre in this case, you see this, it likely is a problem across the board. Okay? So. That's what they have on the GSK thing right there. Right there. And then they also say, not concluded quality control review notes. 
they have notes that they haven't concluded quality control on this. Then they have a document of adverse events. To quote Dr. Rose, the list is long, in fact, too long to post here. I made a spreadsheet and filtered out all of the adverse events that had less than 49 reports in the drug arm. I chose 49 since there was 49 reports of serious adverse events and wanted to make sure that death made the list to make the point. And basically, it shows, I mean, all these problems, the same things you're seeing with COVID. That all of the prima facie symptoms that you find with COVID that are very common, the fever, the malaise, the headache, the muscle pain, and that means a lot more is going on. So this is truly nuts. It's completely crazy. And they reduced the approval to 60. So that's that's from Jessica. I wanted to go over more with her, but we'll get her on another time. Now, Dr. Meryl Nass had her blog at her Substack. She's giving a synopsis each day. She did Wednesday. Now she did Thursday. She'll do today of the ASIP hearing. And it's like one after another. So I'm just going to start with the end of her piece, which is RSV, and then move back. But this was just disgusting. So they're talking, so we were talking about the senior shot. But again, it doesn't matter. They're all the same. This is for the shot for RSV for pregnant women. And by the way, just before that, there's one other genre out there that they approved. AstraZeneca produced a monoclonal antibody for RSV for babies. So right now they have the pregnant ones they want to convey to the babies. They have the seniors, which they're going to lower eventually and make it part of the schedule. But they have a monoclonal antibody. Now, there's not a monoclonal antibody that you treat at, at the time of infection, it's meant prophylactically, it's to be treated as a vaccine. And indeed, they actually want to market it and, and place it under the guidance of federal subsidies as if it's a vaccine. It's produced by AstraZeneca, um, distributed by Sanofi. And that's the one that had 15 deaths in the trial arm that you might have seen from, you know, some some outlets were reporting that. And each one of these things has prima facie problems even from their own evidence without first, you know, just understanding the evidence that we know. But she said, we heard about each of these shots and we heard a lot of about modeling the economics. The models are admittedly worthless, except now we are playing with the lives of pregnant women and newborns. GSK admitted their vax caused premature births. It's in their data. And that's partly why they took it out. But Pfizer just got its nearly identical vaccine license. GSK was on the line along with Pfizer to give its rival a black eye if not if it got the chance. Here the modeler admits his model ain't worth much. She shows all the slides. Instead of being horrified at the potential costs and the fact that GSK wouldn't have given up its vax at the end of the race unless it was convinced it caused premature labor, the committee tried its best to make light of the premature issue. Surely CDC could find some way to help them justify its approval. And and there they go. There they go. And then they go on and on. She talked about 
a pneumococcal vaccine. There's already three of them. They wanted to do a fourth. This one's also by Pfizer. And she said the sum total, if you listen to their discussion, she heard things like, these are direct quotes from different members, uncertainties in the efficacy remain. Poorly efficacious vaccines should not be given. There is no efficacy data and no correlates of protection. To which one wit responded, quote, our CDC colleagues are masters at epidemiology surveillance that will give us the answer in the future. Oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll find it after we put it in people's arms. They openly say this. They openly say this now. That is what warp speed is the new paradigm. The dengue fever vaccine they, they, they pushed. Very, very problematic. Very problematic on that. Um, chikungunya, they talked about. You could read her post. is the top post at Merrill's COVID newsletter um, on Substack. But this is the problem. We are not getting this change. And, and by the way, they admitted in the committee hearing, they all agree that there are major problems. The fact that they're going to be given together with COVID and flu. And they're like, we don't know what this does to your immune system. They admit that. Now, we, we know that the RSV shots alone destroy your immune system. And the COVID shots alone destroy your immune system. And really, the flu shots, we have a wealth of evidence from the last 15 years of academic literature that it does tamp down your T-cells. You put the three together, every, and these are annual. It's not like, oh, you get a lifetime shot. What in the world? How could this go on? And by the way, it's funny, like, the 60 age group they approved unanimously, but the nine, but the um, 65 and above, so 60 to 64 was unanimous, 65 and above, they approved only nine to five. So it's like, wait, five people are saying, because they say we don't have enough data, we have better data on 60 to 64. But again, if you have concerns about one age group, it's the same. When did we ever have a, a, a business like this? You know, you could theoretically have something that's safe for one age group and not the other, but you have to definitively prove why it's causing that, why it's not a problem here, why it is a problem here. But we're well beyond that. So there is just no effort. And, and, and by the way, it's like there's another data point I wanted to share with you, just what's still going on. Um, trial site news staff put out um, an analysis of excess deaths in Europe. And they did an analysis for 17 European countries for April. So just two months ago. Austria, increase of 13.2%. Finland, 12.4%. Luxembourg, 123 Ireland, 122 They had the highest. Um, among countries that actually had negative, meaning low rates of mortality, not just not having excess, but actually low, the lowest were Romania, Bulgaria, and Lithuania. Notice that east-west divide. Now, there could be other reasons for it, but the most obvious glaring thing is there's a much lower vaccination rate in Eastern Europe than in Western Europe. Everyone knows that. In fact, Eastern Europe is really the home to the largest skepticism in the world about Ukraine, by the way, is part of that, uh, to, to vaccines. But this is where we are. This is where we are. It doesn't matter. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. If we continue having a movement built upon monologues of 
this is bad, that is bad, without directing the fire at specific manifestations that you could actually deal with in a specific way, it's worthless. They're getting away with this. See, typically what would happen is they take this all off the market and then be very hush-hush. Here they're like, hey, we'll just step on the gas pedal. It doesn't matter. And again, a big part of the reluctance to go all out, certainly there's inherent reluctance because of the idolatry around vaccines and big pharma and everything, but as long as Trump is the leader, we will never solve this. So I don't want to hear from these Republicans like, oh, I'm against abortion, but I'm for this. This is a big problem. And none of you should be getting any of these RSV shots, but I'm telling you, this is going to become a big problem. They're going to tell you every baby is, is how dare you be, get pregnant and have a kid uh, and not get the RSV shot. Every pregnant woman is going to get this. Every pregnant woman is going to be forced to get this. There is, this is literally an abortion. It's on the label of their GSK RSV shot that in infants, it causes more respiratory illness. That was known for a half century. And now we experience that, you know, in real life with COVID. You have a Cleveland Clinic study. Okay, not a right-wing blog. Openly showing negative 27% efficacy with the bivalent boosters. And saying there is no evidence anywhere that it prevents serious illness either. And, and the roadshow just keeps going. Republicans are going to fund. They might make sure to have a provision, a rider in the appropriation bill saying don't do mandates. And then even then, who knows if they'll fight for it. But they'll continue to fund this genocide. Again, this is worse than funding an abortion because an abortion, there's no pipeline that forces people to get it. It's not like every time you show up at the OBG, hey, I think you ought to get an abortion. I mean, we're not there yet, at least. You know, you have to seek it out. Here, you you can't even find a doctor that's not going to push this on you. You walk into a pharmacy to pick up a freaking Sudafed for, you know, at the right time of year, and they're going to say, are you up on your flu shot? Are you up on your RSV? Are you up on your COVID? Some people will rebuff it, a lot won't. There's no informed consent. Remember, People are no longer scared of a pandemic, but they're making it as a seasonal endemic thing, and they already groom people to be used to the annual flu shot. So now it's all, oh, well, well, you know, there's all these kind of similar, you know, flu-like illnesses. Make sure you're up on it. Could you imagine what's that? what that's going to do to people's body? And they openly say it during the hearings, like, yeah, yeah, you know, this is going to be given around the same time. This is before we get to the official triple combos, three and one, that they're working on. They're separate, but, you know, Everyone knows they're going to be given towards the end of the summer, early fall. They openly admit, we don't know what this does to your immune system. Now, we actually do know what it does to your immune system. I'm just taking their own words, their own studies, their own labeling, and it's it's totally okay. It is totally all good. And this, this is what happens when you have comedic relief. You focus, oh, RFK is right. 
Okay, but 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 specifically Republicans from McCarthy to Trump to the states, governors are promoting it. You need to stop that. Stop talking around an issue, dancing around in the circle. Grab it in the way it matters at the time it matters and, and floor that gas pedal. So we're going to continue to experience this bizarre dichotomy where on the one hand, broadly speaking, people are upset about what's going on. Broadly speaking, they agree with us. But broadly speaking, not only does nothing happen on that, but the issue outcomes get worse. It's just indefensible. I don't have time for these people. It's not about your monologue. It's not about your, you know, 100 million views and your millions of dollars you're making. What are you going to do to galvanize people? Focused force, focused attention on the leverage points. You know, you, know, you can't, you, know, you got to be like a drill. A drill has a focused force. You can't just dance around things in the abstract. Doesn't work that way. And that's kind of where we are, folks. It's just ridiculous. This whole thing is ridiculous. Now, a similar thing is just really want to end off today because we talked a little bit about immigration this week. The Supreme Court ruled this morning, Friday morning, uh, eight to one against Texas v. U.S., that basically the state doesn't have standing to bring a lawsuit against Trump's uh, against Biden's lack of enforcement. Everyone but Alito um, agreed. You know, Kavanaugh basically gave the majority ruling, which was like categorical. You don't have standing. Um, Thomas Gor- uh, Gorsuch and Barrett were more like they joint concurred in judgment, but agrees there's, there are like maybe a little bit more avenues to get standing. And Alito would have even given standing here. Now, it's probably the right decision. I, I I said that all along. Like, you can't get a court to force a president to actually do something. Um, and we have a lot of problems with judicial supremacism killing us and striking down our things. But it's the, the, the broad point is you can't count on the courts. So what are you going to do? You can't wait till 2025. We talked about yesterday that riveting show about the transformation of our school districts all over the country. So what are you going to do? And again, you got to get together the states. But you see, if you're scared of Trump, no one's going to have the message. Again, my message I'm asking of my colleagues on this issue is not, oh, DeSantis needs to be president. It should be. Look at what Florida did on immigration. A, why isn't every Republican state doing interior enforcement? And B, why aren't they taking up his offer to create a compact to work against the government, the feds, and create what he calls a state-based return to Mexico policy? Don't we all agree? I mean, you look at all these ardent Trump supporters, 100% will agree with what we're saying on immigration, for sure. For sure. Good number on, on the vaccines, too. But immigration is universal on the right. Okay, so what are you going to do about it? The answer can't just be met the Trump. Because honestly, that's not the answer. That's not the water. That's a blowtorch. That's lighter fluid at this point. We got to move beyond this guy. 
until we can even do anything. I'd rather not talk about him, and I don't even need to talk about him because I have so much to talk about on the issues. But that's the problem. We can't until we get this dumpster fire out of the way. You know, I don't mind if he's there, but our people aren't paralyzed by him and aren't going to change their views and avoid focusing on the right things and taking the right stances because of him, then fine. I don't care. You want to back him, vote for him as president, vote for him. But at least I'll know that we'll have a unified front on many other more important things to be putting lead down range and and achieving our missions. But if this is going to paralyze us, and then you don't even have an outcome to getting the guy. Like, you listen to the guy. He has no ground game. It's all the force of his social media profile and name. You know, he's going to be bankrupted in the general election because of the lawsuits. Now, it's not going to hurt him in the primary because he doesn't need that. He doesn't really need money in, 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 in the primary. The other candidates obviously do. But in the general election, you know, that's going to hurt him. What is his endgame to actually even being elected, much less governing properly? We're not even talking about that. None of my colleagues can answer that. They don't want to. Because for years, all they do is look what is in front of them. They play checkers instead of chess. They operate like Western governments instead of like China. They don't think in the strategically in the long term. They never have a long-term mission. It's just my day-to-day ephemeral talking point, my monologue, what I need to put out. I'm sorry. I know this is going to take people off, but it needed to be said, and that's just the way it is. Hope you guys have a terrific weekend. We covered a lot this week, even more next week. We have coming some other issues we're going to introduce. Let me know your feedback, if I'm right or wrong. Daniel Hurwitz at startmail.com, at armconservative on Twitter. And, of course, if you can, give us a five-star rating with a comment on iTunes. Till Monday, God bless you all. Have a terrific weekend. Enjoy your family. Thank you for listening.